Welcome everybody to If I May. It has been a little hot minute. We had some uh, Nick's getting married and having a honeymoon and whatnot and me being out of town and Brent being out of town. Uh, Dylan, he was here, but it's been a little bit. Uh, this is now If I May, episode 52. We got Brent, Dylan, and myself, Kyle on. Uh, no Nick this week. He is on his honeymoon currently, so we'll probably catch up with him next week. Hope you guys enjoy. We got a pretty good one for you. So on the Rust configuration page, oh, you have... you're getting into a topic for the podcast, so I started recording quick. <laughs> that's fine. You totally can. Because <laughs> this is like, funny. He's like, oh, check this out. And I was like, oh, I should start recording this. And you're like, on the, well, on it the is Rust funny. settings page. Yeah, so check this out. So on this Rust we... configuration page... Check this out with uh, Dylan. For graphic, <laughs> graphic quality... You can choose fantastic, beautiful, good, simple, fast, potato, and super potato. <laughs> potato and super potato. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Brent's laptop. Oh, oh back no. in the day, that was so bad. I, oh. I'm trying potato. to... Oh, yeah, so you could choose potato and super potato. I've lived that super potato life. Dude, it's real though. When going from my like laptop I had throughout college to my desktop, it is night and day. It's I, mm-hmm. I can't go back. You can't go back to a normal laptop. At, at the minimum, I have a gaming laptop that I got a really good deal on. It's like a Lenovo Y40, and mm-hmm. like it's a great laptop and all, but it's not my desktop. It's just not. I bought a laptop that's advertised as a gaming laptop, but when I play games on it, it overheats and just turns off. You can get those little fan things from underneath it that just plug in via USB. I could do that. I could do that, but I also don't want to do that. Like, I would prefer <laughs> a laptop that I could just, you know, play. And function and work? Yeah, you'd think if it's advertised as a gaming laptop, you'd think it would, you know, Are you putting it on your lap or something? Uh, I play it, no, I've played it on desks, on tables, whatever. I guess, yeah, and if you're on a flat it, surface, then yeah, it has no excuses. If you're playing it on your lap, then... You're like potentially blocking off airflow. Yeah, it is a really nice computer like to work on. Like it's built like it's already comfortable for me because it's built for gaming. It's an HP Envy and I actually I love my laptop, but I have just come come to the realization that I should probably just not play games on it because like it can like it can run games and it is fast. Does it have a dedicated graphics card? It does. And I can like. Um. Uh, 940MX graphics. Okay, that should be uh, pretty uh, decent. Uh, yeah, it's a GeForce. 940? Like, 940? Yeah. You said 940? Yeah, 940. Yeah, the 4-0. Sorry. Yeah, if you had a 50, then anything would be playable. A 40 is basically a joke. Yeah, well, you know, it like it can run it. Like, I, I've played PUBG on it, and it'll run it, but after, like, maybe, like, an hour of playing PUBG, it just turns off. Uh, so the my, thing that gets that gets me is like, you pay extra for the gaming laptop and then it doesn't do. Yeah, I feel like had, you're paying for the job. word gaming over actually getting a gaming laptop. Yeah, like those so here's here's the thing about laptops. Uh, some buying advice for anybody looking for a laptop. Laptops in general, at the same price point, have about the same performance. It, like if they have a gaming laptop that's cheap it's got about the same performance as like a desktop or, you know, more work laptop uh, at that same price level. Really, the main thing you're buying in a laptop is the form factor. You want something that you like. Like for me, for my laptop, I'm just like, I'm getting a number 
pad on my laptop, like the one, the nine button numpad on the right side. Mm-hmm. It's yep. like, I care about that. I care about a backlit keyboard because I don't want to be looking, you know, at if you're going to college, you want a backlit keyboard, like period. Natural. It's just, I, I didn't initially. And it's terrible because you're having like an itty bitty light over your computer when you're like roommates trying to sleep and you're trying to study quick or finish a paper quick. And you can't see your keyboard. So backlit keyboard. And for me as an engineer, the number pad on the right side was important. And then besides that, mm-hmm. you know, how many ports you got. But really, then you're buying the form factor for a laptop, not the performance necessarily. That's Kyle, true. Do you, do you not have the keys memorized based on finger placement? Oh, no. I I, I can actually <laughs> – I'm okay at typing without looking, but I'm a glancer. I'm not a, I'm not a nose <laughs> – like a pecker. I'm not a pecker, but I am a glancer. You know, Does that speaking, make you cringe when you see that, like some person like looking at it, trying to type on a keyboard? Usually, usually it's at like a, I'm not I'm not going to be stereotypical, but usually it's at like a convenience store or something. They're just where, like someone's on the trying keyboard. someone's trying to type on the keyboard, and they're literally doing like like finger pecking like super hard, and I'm just like, oh my god, like where did this person grow up? You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't have typing class in middle school and high school. Right. I, what What do we, we had type to learn. Like I kind of wish I could find that game. I, I probably could. I should look and see if I can find that game for free. It's sold. Like it's got to be for free somewhere on the internet. It's got to be. And then like download that thing and actually learn how to properly type. Cause I for sure cheated in type to learn. And, you and did it. It suffers. I'm suffering. Well, the problem is they didn't have like those wooden boxes that go over the keyboard that forced you not to look. They just trusted you not to look. And, okay. You know, that didn't work uh, out for me. When I graduated high school, uh, we were, we were told to pick the most important classes that were in, where that were available. That you did or both, participated both in. Middle school. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, my number one class was typing and number two was uh home ec. Um, because both of those you actually use, like consider, like you use both typing and cooking and like health safety and that kind of stuff every day. Like I'm surprised. Forever, like what's that? I'm sorry if I may. I'm surprised they don't offer that kind of thing even in college. Like they have some of that in high school. And I feel like at least uh, the school that Brent and I went to had a pretty good amount. But like in college, especially for like the maybe athletes or something like that, they should have like a specialty <laughs> class. Well, no, no, no. It's like, no, seriously. Stereotyping athletes as bad typers. Not, not, (laughs) but like, no, they should have a class. Engineers too, maybe, you know, maybe they need it as well. Like a generic class where you're able to get like more quote unquote life skills. Like there should be a a mandatory life skills class. I I don't think it has to be mandatory, but I I bet there is a life skills class. I don't think so. In college, remember we had a, there, there's a class that came out. We were probably like sophomore, junior and they made it mandatory, and it was a how study class. And it was literally like a class you showed up, and they just kind of talked about how you should be preparing your schedule for, like, it was like a, a college, intro to college class that we were required to take to graduate. And we were like sophomores or juniors, and we were just like required to take this thing. So we were in there with like a bunch of freshmen. And uh, it was just like a intro to college class. Oh, yeah, the intro to college life or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think I grew his grandfather out of it because I was far enough along in my program. Like, because I entered into the school of engineering, I think I was okay. grandfathered out of it. But all, like, because I was a resident assistant, all my residents hated that. that. 
And then I also took, I did take a class um, on the, and it was basically uh, computer skills, and it was literally just Excel, PowerPoint, Word, um, just basically, and it was, it was not, it was like, obviously they went over like the basics, but then they went into like in depth with each one and they kind of talked about like stuff that I like, to be honest, I did learn a lot. I, I, well, I didn't learn that much, but I, because I really didn't <laughs> I like learned that a class. lot. I didn't learn that much. Well, th- well, there was like, there was a lot of things. A lot that of I didn't busy know. work. There, well, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know about these, um, programs, but I also really didn't care. So. I didn't oh, take the class very seriously. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just like, oh, look at all those things I can do on PowerPoint, but I don't really like PowerPoint, so I'm just not going to use that. You know what I'm saying? According to the industrial designers at our work, PowerPoint is not a legitimate deck-making tool. And that's what they call it. They call it a deck when you're going through a presentation. Mm. should be called a deck by professionals, apparently. And I mean, obviously, their preferred program is some Apple program for you know those kind of well they're you know, apple they're, they're apple they're industrial they, designers they call apple products yeah so if it's I, not apple it's not useful you know i have a thing against apple in general and industrial designers uh, so the industrial designers at my work you know they're awesome guys don't get me wrong they're awesome but like one of the things is, yeah they all have the apple products and it's like you know what if that phone that apple phone that you find like the epitome of uh, design and you know good design. If it was really designed that well, why would you have a case on it? Yeah, like, I, yeah. I haven't brought that up yet, but at some point in time, if they pull the Apple, you know, superiority card or even you know say something anything like that, I, I want to see how that'll go over. Because it's like, if it is a perfectly designed product, probably shouldn't need to have protection around it. Yeah, I, I mean. People still make mistakes when they get out of the car and their phone's in their lap and they don't realize it and then they step out of the car. Like, people still make mistakes. Like, what other product do we have that we, the instant you buy it, you have to put some, you buy, have to buy something else to protect it with? Um, I mean, we buy insurance for like TVs or like expensive. No, no, but something I mean, you put on it, something you put on it to, that changes the design of the object. Nothing because it's dumb. Yeah, cell phones are just stupidly designed if they require a case. Remember back in the old day, all the old flip phones, you didn't put a case on any of those. If you did, you're a nerd because they'd be like some of those leather things. They just, Super they, thick cases. <laughs> yeah, they look so stupid. Everybody else just put the velcro in on it. You could throw the things on the ground. Sure, they get scuffed up, but they work perfectly fine, just as before. Motorola razors. Oh, dude, those things were awesome. <laughs> that was so like the cool. pinnacle of cell phones. Yeah, if you had a Motorola Razor. had a Motorola Razor. <laughs> I did not. I had... I mean, what? No. My you had very a block fir- phone? Yeah, dude, my very first phone was a block phone from Track Phone. Did you have a slider? Nope. A brick. It was a brick. There was no <laughs> slider. There was no flip. It was a brick. I thought the Razor, the razor was like the coolest thing, and you'd have to like... Remember the old keyboard system where you had to type like a number T9. three times? Yeah, T9. Well, yeah, yeah, that was before to... T9. You had to hit a number. Th- I went through my yeah. first phone, had T9. I didn't know it until about two years after owning that phone. Somebody's like, oh, why are you typing like that? Like, are you just not used to T9 yet? I'm like, what's T9? And then they like showed me on my phone that you could do T9. I'm like, oh my God, this is so much better. Yeah, where you had to like type one number three times to get a certain letter and then go to another number, type it three times to get another letter, 
and then go somewhere else and type it two times. And then you if know, you had to use the, to make a word. Yep. And if you had to use the What's same. What's crazy is how fast you get at it. Right. Like, but then like. I remember we were able to put out like whole like paragraphs in like minutes. And it cost you 10 cents. Then five to 10 cents. Uh, <laughs> Each time. So but if it was it, it in the same network, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't cost you anything if you're same network or after a certain time. Yeah, I remember. Crazy. Yeah, so like you had a, and then the the kids that like couldn't get a nice phone, they'd have like a pay pay, uh, like a pay. They'd have to go to like the store and buy like minutes, or they'd have that to buy me. like that was me. <laughs> <laughs> My parents did not want me having a cell. Like the only reason I got a cell phone is because I was in sports, and they and they had to know when I was done, ready to be picked up. I I swear mm. that's the only reason I got a cell phone. Oh, we didn't really need them at that time, but yeah, true. Like until yeah, again, until you get to the point where you're in a bunch bunch of sports and your parents don't know when to pick you up, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, and by the time the phones like became more relevant, like we already had our own cars, so we were able to drive ourselves to school. So I mean, it's not like we needed them. Brent, what was your kid cell phone experience? When did you get your first cell phone? Uh. I don't remember. College. <laughs> no, it was high school. Dude, I, had I remember. One, sorry, I'll, people, I'll let Brent go, and I have a story about one of my college friends with his cell phone. I remember people playing Snake, and that was always whoever could play Snake on their phone was that was pretty cool. That was I remember that being like I wish my phone could play Snake. What'd you have for a phone? What was your first phone? I I couldn't remember. I don't know. It was maybe a flip phone or one of those sliding ones or. I'd, it's not like today where, I mean, besides, unless you had like the big one, like the Motorola Razor, it wasn't like what phone you had was that big of a deal. I don't know. At least not in high school. Or maybe, maybe it just wasn't that important to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember too much about it. Honestly. For us, it was like the cool kids were like the ones that had uh, Block Dude on their TI-83 in high school. And you'd always want to borrow their calculator to, or yeah, borrow their calculator in study hall to be able to play games on their calculator. You remember I that? I wouldn't say they were the cool dudes because dude, I, I did mean, it on I my. One and... It was the calculator, right? Dude, I mm-hmm. loaded my calculator with games. Initially, somebody's like, "Oh, you can have games in your calculator." I'm like, "No way!" Because I even had the base model. I think the silver plus one or whatever had a couple game like lame games built into it. But then, like, my black one didn't. But, I, like, one of my buddies had a game and he transferred it with his cable. And I'm like, what? Didn't even know that was a thing. And then, like, a year later, I met some of the older classmen. They were, like, seniors at the time. They're like, oh, you can get Doom on this thing. Like, what? Be, like, oh, yeah, you can run Doom on a TI 84. Dang. See, I still, I actually have my TI 83. I got it in high school and I used it all the way through college and I literally have it next to me right now on my desk. Like that I have my my gaming I, stuff. My TI84 is in my hand. Yeah, and then I have my printer and then I have my calculator and it goes with me everywhere. It's like one of those things that I'm just like I'm not going to move anywhere without my calculator because it's something I always use. Right? I actually have in high school, I laser engraved my name and like my, I guess my parents' phone number on the back of the thing and the and mm-hmm. on the case. That was such a good idea because everybody has the same exact calculator. In college, another pro college tip, 
Uh, actually, my chemistry professor told me this, so I can't say I'm even cheating because a professor is the one that told me to do it. He's like, there are no notes, but if you have a calculator, everybody have a graphing calculator? Uh, there's programs in there. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, talk to the person next to you. Somebody will eventually figure it out, uh, but you're allowed to bring your calculators in. And so I basically told you, like, if you go into the program section of your calculator, you can write mm-hmm. notes in as yep. quote unquote programs in your calculator. And I did that so much. Like, I still have some of my notes in here. Like I know I have some from, uh, uh, engine or, uh, what is it? I'll find it. I'll find it quick. Math materials, fluids, engineering materials. Yeah. It's just. If I'm, if I may, first off wrong, I haven't used my graphing calculator since college. So I don't feel like it's super necessary for average life. <laughs> I um, use my daily at work. Every professor I've had was very big on. You cannot use this level of calculator. Like, I think people knew the trick and really cut down on it. Like, you can't bring your own calculator, especially like standardized tests. Anytime you did a big test, it's like, you have to use the dumb calculator or not. Because people, they knew people would put notes in and try and mm. bend the system that way. So, uh, I, I never got that opportunity to note up and get extra answers or or notes i i don't know do you guys ever cheat in tests not really i think yeah the the worst i would do is like the the side glance every now and then if i was really struggling on a question i would definitely hit up the side glance but never any legitimate i guess oh oh i lied in one college class they had us like memorize equations and there was like one I kept on fucking up. So I like wrote it on my hand. And then like the moment the test started and I actually like use this tactic in general is like splurge a bunch of information. I know I'm going to need for the test in my mind. And then right as the test started, just write it all down in the corner of one of the papers. That way I have mm. it all. But that's what I did. Like I wrote this thing on my hand and I like wrote it down quick on the corner of the test paper. And then like did the whole casually lick finger and rub, you know, rub the pen or pencil off. That's nice. like the strategy for cramming like so you like cram as much as you can and then as soon as you get there you write it all down and then by the time te- like by the time you finish the test you don't remember any of it yeah that's a, that strategy in general is really good like you just literally right before the test get the like four or five key things you know you have to memorize just you know try to lock them in for about 30 seconds until you get the test and just write it all down in the corner of the paper and then yeah just start taking the test and you at least have it in the corner of the paper I feel like for the yeah. test I took, a lot of them were the person next to you had a different test copy than you had. They did have that a lot, yep. That was that was really popular. Of I never really cared enough to look. cheat. I never like <laughs> I just didn't care about school. Yeah. I just never really cared enough to even like risk my grade. I would just be like, eh, whatever happens, happens. You know what I'm saying? Like I would just I, I don't know. I never really. So like when I, I realized and it took me about three or four years in college to figure out that the more I stress about tests, the worse I do. So if I, I know that if I like study as hard as I can beforehand and I just do everything I can, then whatever happens, happens. And if I go in there and I'm stressing and I'm like upset because I forgot something or I'm worried 
then I'll stress during the test and I don't care. And like by my senior year, I was, I would take like a shot of whiskey in the morning when I went for my <laughs> test. I'd wear my sandals. I'd wear my big fluffy sweater and some pajama pants. And I would literally <laughs> just walk in there as cozy as possible. And I would plop yourself would right in one of them plastic chairs and get ready to yeah, take the test. And I would just take my test as comfortable as possible. And I would, I like my last couple of years, I would like, I was getting A's. And my first first you couple remember, years, first, not yeah, so much. I was like failing everything. You were on probation, like so. Yeah, you? I was so worked up. Yeah, I was so worked up about like failing that I was failing. Well, there, there's so. more than one strategy for that. On the exact flip side, I've always seen the people that dress up for test and they get as fancy as possible as it's like a, a business thing. The dress for your the job you want, not the one you have. Like I, don't, I never got I, that because if you're taking an hour or two hour test, you don't want to be sitting uncomfortably for. I think I would get in trouble time. if I wore a sergeant major rank. <laughs> just a three-star general yeah <laughs> put that on for your next test to get out of private or whatever that's hilarious that's hilarious that was good <laughs> but i never got that because if, if i'm gonna be sorry general just chairs, dressing for the job i want sir <laughs> hey might think you are one you never know yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Everybody starts treating you real nice. And you're just like, huh. Saluting me. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for all these like hot tub. And you're like in the hot tub with some other like high ranking officer. And he's like, so sir, like when did you get, when did you make general? You must be new. And he's like, oh no, I just dress for the job I want. And people start treating me nicer too. I'm actually an E5. <laughs> it's funny because I don't know what that means. That could be a camp skit. I think it's, What's E5? Sergeant. You're a sergeant? That sounds like a big no, deal. No, I'm not. I was just saying. E5 is like sergeant and they're... Uh, how do e I four, three, two, and one, if I had to guess? Well, that goes lower in rank and then they go all the way up to E9. E8 at least. You know, I'm trying to think. It's been a while since I've studied uh, pay grades. Because there's multiple ranks per pay grade. Yeah, you know, it's kind of confusing. Okay. Um, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Looks like we're, we'll, we'll, we'll try to see. pay grades. Yeah. Pay now, grade. Go ahead. Well, like, it's, it's interesting because some people ask for your rank and pay grade. So that's the difference. It's like there's multiple ranks within some pay grades. So that's what I'm like trying to explain to you, but. I, I, it's better it if I sense. just like showed you a picture, I guess. Well, it makes sense. There's like certain levels that all have the same pay, right. but different rank. It's an XY chart, not just a vertical bar. Okay, Brent, what'd you got? Uh, I was just thinking, what you like, got? What do you have? Of things we'll like you talking about the, <laughs> what you got? The what you got? Laptops, how it's really hard to go back after you've had like a nicer computer uh, or setup or something like that. I always think the same with like. The first time I ever noticed that was TVs. Oh, there's like, no going back to, back to Catholic like grade once, two. At I mean, Nick's, yeah. Nick's wedding. So uh, we've been gone for a while. Haven't really brought that up yet. Um, that was mostly due to the fact that all of us were pretty much out of town, except for Dylan and Brent for some of it. But I was oh, mobile with my laptop. Nick was getting ready for his wedding. And Brent was doing Brent things. I forgot. 
Vacation. Bro's also the, vacationing with his with family. With my family. Yeah. Yep, there you go. So, eh, just kind of fell apart a little bit. But we are back. Nick is not because he is on his honeymoon currently in a... Oh, yes. Spoiler awesome alert. Nick's yeah. married now. Nick's married now. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler. We've been talking about it for about a year I'm now. sure we'll talk about his honeymoon when he gets back from his honeymoon. So, we'll save that and whatever he wants to share about that. We uh, do have confirmation, though, as of last night that he is alive. So that's pretty good. Yeah, he he did pop in last night. He had a couple of seconds and he quick popped in, said hi. But he is alive and on an island in Hawaii. <laughs> nice, right? Made us feel pretty special. I mean, I go to Hawaii. I mean, that's I guess it, it wasn't a, quite an island in Hawaii. Is kind of Kyle on a boat, but it's pretty close. I was in the middle close. of the Mediterranean. Although middle of the Pacific is actually a little bit more remote if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. I, I had a hard time thinking. You have absolutely nothing around you versus like the Mediterranean. You're landlocked as far as any direction will bring you to somebody. I give you bonus points though because you had so many more time zones you had to get through. That's like, true. You had to Hawaii is pretty out there though. though. Yeah, I, it's an extra two from out here, and I'm already two or three from Dylan. Two from Dylan. What time zones? Yeah, are you central? Uh, or yeah, two. I'm Eastern. Okay. Oh, you're Eastern time zone now. So, um, no, I am Central. I think. Okay, I'm pretty sure you're Central. central. <laughs> yeah. Glad we got that Actually, that is one thing I, I do. Want that to is the like, worst thing about podcasting with three time zones. Is there's three time zones, and it's it covers four. No, three. Yeah, it's three. No, that is actually one thing I did notice um, when I was back in Wisconsin for for the trip was being back on being in Pacific time. Uh, or yeah, Pacific, whatever. Yeah, uh, got it. it's it's pretty nice because I I get done. You know, everyone's already awake. Everybody I want to talk. You know, if it's I wake up at eight my time, it's ten o'clock, so I can call whoever I'd like to call. Uh, if I get done from work, I mean, it's kind of late for you. I didn't realize how big of a pain it is for Central Time to Pacific trying to like communicate. No, it's horrible. Like I was trying to wait. You know, it's. It's like the fact those, that like, it's past 10 p.m. right now. Yeah, I'm trying to wait. Like I was trying to wait for my <laughs> wife to get off work so I could talk to her quick before. And it's like, oh, how was your day? It's like, oh yeah, this afternoon I'm gonna go play tennis and I'm gonna go for a walk and a, go maybe a run or something. Yeah, like I'm busy. That. Like I have so much to do, uh, so many things going on. It's like, what are you gonna do the rest of the day? And it's like, well, I'm gonna go to sleep because the day is over. And I didn't realize. Like, until I was put in those shoes, I think I didn't fully appreciate yeah. just for a, the pain in the butt for, it is for, for everyone. quite a few podcasts. Brent's like, I'm going to go eat dinner quick. <laughs> it's like, Brent. I'm like, like I, I also need to, to eat though. Like, I don't know. It's hard. I, but it, on the flip side, it is hard too. I mean, I, I totally get it. Like on my side, if I just get back from work, like I'm hungry, like, you don't get any time. I, Kyle has the best situation. You're kind of right in between everything. I I'm right in between. Better. It is kind of nice. I can be on early, quote unquote early or on late either way you know kind of works out yeah sure. but i definitely have a, a greater respect for for what you do dylan so oh thanks and that does that's and nick, small sacrifices <laughs> and nick and my family who i communicate and it's like i get oh i'm just getting done with work and it's like oh yeah i've been done with work forever like it's nine o'clock now it's like oh okay fair enough uh but it is really nice being back it was it was fun being in wisconsin I had a really good time. Uh, just just being back in the hometown and not being surrounded by mountains was kind of a, a nice breath what? of relief. I don't know. Like I love the, the mountains, but there was 
they were it was i like the mountains but it it's really it was nice to be home and what was super nice was up just not like the... driving up north wisconsin for nick's wedding nick had his yeah, wedding up in the up area and so like going up there and like driving past all the lakes and all the forests like yeah there's woods on the mountain but it's not the same kind of woods like you can growing up what if growing up in the woods, like I literally grew up running through brush in the woods, like playing capture the flag and boy scouts, like paintballing, like just running through woods. I just grew up doing that. And like different places I've been, like the camp I used to work at, like I can recognize the smell of that camp. Like if somebody kidnapped me and just brought me there without me knowing where I would know what that camp smelled like. Same thing like up North by my, my family's got some land up, up in Northern Wisconsin ish. Uh, it, it, I could smell that land. Like if you put me on that land, I would, I would know just by the smell of the area. And it was good to come back to Wisconsin and have that kind of like Wisconsin-y smell. If that makes any that, sense. That was a trip highlight. I actually went back to that camp for a little bit. And that was just all the nostalgia feels were like, yeah, um, all three of us worked on that camp. We <laughs> did. We did. And it was really crazy just being back there. And then not only that, but seeing um, our siblings, um, my sister and running brother, the camp. <laughs> and your brother and our friend, like basically in charge. <laughs> your brother, your brother, my sister, and your friend. It's like people that are in charge of this camp that we are working in since young high school is just, it's crazy to me. What, what yeah, was I, it like? I mean, maybe I should go back because right now the other the other two of my brothers are like basically half. Yeah. Between, there's, there's Michael and Kristen and then the other half is Cody and my other brother Colin. So they're half in right. the office. So if I come back, they're all in the office. I think it's they're I think all. it's kind of getting to the point where it'd be creepy if we went back and worked there. Like, yeah, uh, I'm not going to name any names like Dave. But uh, if we went back and just kind of, it was work. it was cool though because they're getting. I I came during staff week. I, I had a short hour window that we're just hanging out, and I walked with my my sister through camp and. Basically, we just checked in on all the different buildings and seeing how that they were doing. And there were people cleaning the windows. I remember cleaning the windows Dude, uh, back when I was like, "That's it." Like I, I saw it from. It was like looking back at myself at that age. There's a, there's another uh, good pro tip there. Feel really old and cool. I think which Brent, you taught me. Oh God! No, no, you finished your Wait. thing. Oh, but, but but like looking at it and seeing one that the camp's age, but then also looking at it from a different perspective of. Like when you're 14, 15, 16, you don't think a lot about like the long-term things at camp. But I was walking through here and I'm like, well, this could be fixed here or we could do that like that or helping people out a little bit. Just, oh, it was cool. What I kind of miss out on is uh, there's so many songs and skits that I used to know and have memorized. I just don't remember them anymore. Dude, like that's actually like, kind of like an emotional almost thing for me because I'll like, I'm almost having the same thing. I, I worked at the camp for nine years. Like that's a long period of my life. And so there's so many like songs and skits and stuff that I used to do. And now it's like thinking back, like Colin will ask a question, like how'd that skit go? And I'd be like, Oh crap. I definitely used to know exactly that. Like I could do that skit just by jumping on the stage. But right now I would need a refresher. 
Like I'd start Ooh. like saying something like the cuckoo Getting skit. Old. Yeah, the cuckoo that, skit, I got going, asked the same question. I got asked the same question. I couldn't I never did it myself though, but the cuckoo skit, yeah, you have like the the you take a bunch of parents, bring them on stage. It's like uh th- these parents, they are going on a trip and they had to get a fan and they start fanning themselves with their right hand. And they were still like on that a trip. rocking chair, a rocking chair, a cuckoo clock. Basically, at the end of this thing, you have the the parents like rocking back and forth, making weird noises, and like I don't know, stuttering or you know, yeah, taking I'd... a photo, like silly stuff. And you say, "You guys brought these parents to camp. Like, you guys made these parents go crazy at camp. Like, what'd you guys do them all day?" <laughs> yeah, and then that kind of thing, basically saying that the parents are crazy. But like, I had even that retelling right there is not probably the perfect punchline for it, but you get the idea. It's one of those things where it's like, crap, like, it is, like, I'm starting to forget. It's kind of... What was the skit where I remember someone standing upright as a post? And I don't remember what skit that was. I'm glad I'm a staffer. I'm glad I'm a staffer. There's nothing I'd rather be. Because if I weren't a staffer, a farmer I would be. That that's one of the best songs ever for keeping. That, yeah, and that's Give like the nar- that's like, that's the one I like keep trying to remember and I can never remember it. One thing that I will say was awesome. I made sure uh knowing Michael who's directing right now, uh he's very organized and he actually put together these little song books of like all the camp songs that we've ever sung. Mm. And I they're really tiny, like they fit in your pocket. I just like snagged a couple. Oh, he's got to give it uh, having a pdf for sure he probably does I, i'm sure he could get on but i you know like flipping through it it's like they had a, a band song section with like pink pajamas in there and nice it was great i just i really i enjoyed flipping through it and seeing the memories and seeing either the, the amount of staffers though that were like Oh, I remember you at, at you know here, or I remember you at this. Dude, as, it was bad. Like, I had them as <laughs> yeah. little Cub Scouts. I was program I was director, and I so I was at that camp so long that kids I had as Cub Scouts came up and became leaders of the camp. Like they were themary directors, like in charge of a building. By the time I had finally left that camp, it's like mm. people I had as a Cub Scout came through and are now like leading the camp. Nuts. Well, our, our, yeah. our families have been there for 12 and 13 years, respectively. Yeah. That's insane. At the same camp. That's wild to me. Well, we're at the point now where it's more like it's now more normal. Or What am I trying to say? At, at this point in our lives, <laughs> most. All right. I'm going to pause and restart. Okay. I believe in you. At this point in our lives, it is the time where we need to come back and go through camp with our kids. Yeah. Because it's almost it's there. A little, we're it's we're almost a little old to be working there still, obviously. Um, but now it's like the time where, yeah, we need to start bringing ki- our own kids to that camp because we're the, at that age. Passing on the memories. That's the other exactly. thing too, is like, Tradition. Unless, I feel like me going back to camp will definitely lose quote unquote, loosen me up from the like adulting side of life. Cause it's one of those things where once you get in camp and you have hundred plus or even 30 plus people uh, watching you and they expecting you to do something funny and you do something funny and that, you, you know, you get the kick out of it. Like I miss that. I haven't had that in a while. Like I haven't had an opportunity to be like completely goofy for absolutely no reason since camp. That is yeah. actually one of the benefits of, like being in education, like what I do, it's it's one of those things where 
I have a captured audience. And <laughs> even if I just like, yeah, like I'm working with 20 to 30. They're enjoying this whether they want to or not. <laughs> they're, they're captive. They had to be at school or, or at camp or whatever they might be at. And I, I can tell some jokes and potentially, you know, like that's, that's fun. <laughs> they it's, must accept the jokes good or not. It's one of those like benefits to the job that you don't get in other jobs necessarily. Like maybe you have a really funny joke and you share it with a coworker and you get one or two or three people to laugh, but like getting a crowd to laugh. That is a especially, thing. Especially children who can be sometimes tough audiences. Or really I don't know. I'm just picturing Kyle in his Robin Hood outfit. You can't <laughs> oh, that wasn't laugh. Robin Hood. It was Peter Pan. Okay. Peter Pan. That oh, was, yeah. Like, looking back. Good. So, for those that don't know, it is very difficult to find tights that fit an 18, or no, I would have been a 20-year-old uh, male. It, it, is, it is hard to find tights that, uh, the green, green tights. Green tights that fit a 20-year-old male. And uh, it, I had to go on adventure and Claire's from the local mall, they came through for me. They had a, like an XXL pair of like young ladies tights that were green, and they somehow fit me. Mm. Yep, and I was Peter Pan for a whole summer because that's what my character it. was. I for sure rocked it, dude. That was, I, that's... Looking back at it now, like parents coming <laughs> into the camp, what they must have been thinking. Like, I'm just picturing you with your pointy hat. <laughs> my feather. Well, that's the thing, though. If you're at camp, the more you sell it, the better it is. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if you go over the top, like in a normal situation, if you wore that costume anywhere else, people would give you a weird look. Dude, at the camp, next... They love you for <laughs> Right? It. The next two years, I had to bring that, that costume back to camp as I was program director because, like, people would request Peter Pan to show up at you know in places <laughs> and like there was one dad from the pack that i used to go to when i was in cub scouts that was just like obsessed with making trying to make fun of me or you know having a good time you know joking around with me and so he printed off like wanted posters and put them all over camp like wanted <laughs> peter pan like hook will give ten thousand rupees or you know whatever and so like for like half that session i was literally just peter pan running around the camp that's awesome that reminds me, like, camp pranks can be so much fun. Like, um, the pack that would bring in the clothespins. Uh, clothespins and just try and, like, clothespin everybody. Oh, that's so great. I kind of want to get that going at work, to be completely honest. Like, That'd be I, so think, fun. I think my coworkers would be down for it. Like, as long as, they're, you know, it'd be fun until somebody goes overboard. But, Brent, you want to you explain this clothespinning game? Because it is fantastic. So basically, you have clothespins, and you can put little, you can write little notes on them, or you got gotcha. by this person, or, or whatever you. funny things you might want to do. Get but basically, you try and put them in the most crazy spots on somebody without them noticing you put it on them. So someone's wearing a hat. You find a way to put a clothespin on their hat. Glasses. And then once you put it, that's, that's a, how you know there's a, a pro. One. If you're a pro, you're a pro. We can get it clipped onto their glasses or sunglasses. <laughs> while I, they're wearing it. While it's yep, basically I've done it twice. I I got so good at this game. It's basically teaching young or anyone who does it how to to pickpocket. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a <laughs> reverse a gateway, a gateway entry thing. Yeah, you're giving some but, but without them noticing. Uh, all about that misdirection. But it, it's just one of those things where it always starts off small. Maybe you, you put one or two clips on, but by the end of the week, it's can you put six clips on somebody without them? Know, you know, it's just 
it gets over the top incredibly so, quickly. That brings up a good idea. Do any of you guys, either of you guys have a skill that you've acquired in your life that you're really good at, but is not actually useful? Like for me, two of them I can think about is number one, that close pinning thing. Like I could get it on people's glasses. I, the best one was when they're wearing shorts, you get it on the inside of their shorts and they keep on like scratching at their leg because they think a bug's flying in their leg. Like I got <laughs> really good at that. The second one is when we had to go in at, when we had to, sounds bad, but we had to twice a week go to chapel at the camp. And I got really good at taking little twigs peeling the bark off of them because it just was something to do with your hands, breaking into small pieces and throwing them into people's pockets. Whoever I was standing next to during chapel would have at bad. minimum six little twigs in each pocket. Um, I can pull on grass to where I can get the inside liner of the grass out without breaking grass. Wait, you can get like the that middle of the grass out? Yeah. So, like, there's grass, and then it actually is inside a sleeve with, like, two little leaves that come off it, like, on on grass. And if you pull the grass in the center slowly enough, you can actually pull the center out. Whoa. But uh, I also have a plethora of random skills, like (laughs) juggling and unicycling and didgeridoo and, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, those, those are those are more common useless. useless skills. I'm like, yeah, like the that's peeling the thing out of the middle of the grass. Out. That's very out there. Not many people are good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Brent, what do you got? You got to have a random I, skill. You I, for sure I have a random skill. Do, but I can't think of it. Maybe it's because of like on the spot. I made my skill is not being able to think of things on the spot, which is just great for podcasting, but. No, I. Well, let's no. make up a skill for Brent. What would Brent's secret skill what? be? Um, when he pulls the toilet paper, it makes a clean tear every single time he pulls. <laughs> no, it. that's the rip at all. Every time. <laughs> that would be a great skill, but but no. <laughs> no matter what angle he pulls it. Oh man. <laughs> he can pull it slow, and it just breaks exactly where he needs it to break. <laughs> that's the worst. Exactly thing. three squares. Do you guys? You don't need very squares. Right, since Brent can't think of a skill, do you guys fold your toilet paper at all? And well, like, so for me, my toilet paper is depending on the ply. If it's ultra, it's probably only like four squares with the toilet paper. But you know, I'll get enough toilet paper to make sure that nothing's seeping through to hit my hand. I wipe and throw it down in the in the thing right away. Like I've heard that some people fold, and I don't I understand fold. that. I'm a folder. I, I'm a folder. Do you know there's six ply out How? there? How? How do you fold so, like, it and not get poop on your hands? That's what so, I do. All right. So if you if it's three ply, um, basically I'll get three squares and I'll fold it exactly. Three squares half. is yeah. all you use. Three squares and you fold it exactly in half to get a square and a half. Yeah, you're basically then, it's the yep. same size as a square. Yep, and it's a little bit bigger because I. Cause and you hand. don't use all your fingers. You don't use your whole hand. You don't put like a. But if it's smaller ply, I actually, I actually tear off like five, I don't know, five or six squares. I don't know, whatever I'm feeling, and then I'll <laughs> fold it twice. I fold it twice, so I'll like fold it and I'll fold it again. You, I, I just I, rip, was, I, I just grab some and rip it and fold it and smut. That uh, I mean, oh, that's the thing. Though. The other thing: Are you guys front to back or back to front? That's not a question. There's yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, and it is. Uh, back to front. front. 
What? I go, fr- oh. I, go front to- <laughs> I go front to back. Maybe it was a question. I didn't think it was a question. I, I was like front to back is the only way to do it. But back to front. That's a bold strategy. Can't yep. do if you're a girl. That's, Not supposed to do that if you're a girl. Definitely shouldn't do that. But I don't know. So, maybe maybe probably, that's probably advice we don't need to share. But this, oh, so this I is something that's interesting. So yeah. I'm sure as a kid, you embarrass your parents a lot. And this is a story where I remember embarrassing my mom uh, as a kid. And so, mom, I apologize in advance, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but we were in elementary school and my mom was actually like the director of the elementary or not elementary school sorry preschool before kindergarten even and my mom was the director of that preschool and i think it was even like yeah it would have been right before kindergarten time ish anyhow so there was an issue with people clogging the toilets with too much toilet paper so i remember my mom coming in to like talk to the class about how to properly use the toilet and like make sure people are being responsible with their toilet paper making I remember her saying, she had a role. She's like, the most you should ever need is from the tip of your finger to your elbow. And then like, she like tore that off and like, see, that's how much you should use. And this is about how much I use at home. I remember being like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong. As a little kid, I'm like, mom, no, you used way more than that. (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to like make a point for kids to like not use as much toilet paper as call her out in preschool. Mm. I mean, I, I'm sure she wasn't very embarrassed because it was in front of a bunch of kids, but hopefully the teacher at least got a chuckle out of it. I would say a bunch of you kids guys want to learn remember it, but considering that it's how many years later and you still remember it, it, it probably stuck with somebody. You guys want to <laughs> learn a fun, like, prank? I don't yeah. know if it's really a prank. All right, so do you get so I want both of you guys to run to the bathroom quick and one square of toilet paper. One square of toilet paper? Okay. Yep. Got it. Just one square. All right. Entertain everyone while we're gone. All right. So, can you... I mean, I feel like you should still have your headset on. I guess maybe you can't. Anyways, so this prank is kind of... It's not really a prank. It's just kind of a strategy to wipe while maintaining your general cleanliness. So I'm really interesting to see. I'm really interested to see how they react because it's kind of funny. All right, I'm back. I'm about to put my headset on. If you're All trying right. to set something square up for me. acquired. All right, you have your square. All right, so I have. I literally in our guest bathroom, which is the one closest to me, we have literally one ply, and then okay. I also grabbed one moist flushable wipe because I occasionally use those, and so okay. gra- I grabbed well, one of those as well. Wipe. I got tri ply, right. but it feels like two ply. All right, so this is just kind of a trick. I my stepdad taught me. To how to, uh, how to clean your butt with only one square of toilet paper. All right. So what you do is you take your one one square of toilet paper and fold it in half, and then you fold it in half. Yep. And then you fold it in half again. Hot dog or hamburger? Uh, That's a square. It shouldn't. Hot dog. It should be back into square. And then on the corner that it has, um. So on the corner that has both folds, so obviously there you fold in half, and again there should be one point that's connected to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make yep. sense? I got you. All right. It's on the opposite end rip. of all the open one. Yep. So now rip a tiny, just the corner off. Rip the corner off. Yep. Just a small, small hole. Ripped. All okay. right. So now what you do is you open up the 
the square, and what you should have is a small hole right in the middle. That is what I have. Yep. All right, and then you stick your finger through. <laughs> Does it matter which one? <laughs> no. Whatever one you're most comfortable with. And then what you do. Go with pinky. And then what you do is you scrape all the poop off with your finger. <laughs> and then you take the rest of the toilet paper and you slide it up to wipe it all off your finger. <laughs> and that's how you wipe your butt with one single sheet of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I grabbed the pinky. Well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the thumb would be more effective. I don't know. How do you feel Point about that? Point your finger. I, I feel like I don't. I can see it. Kind of. I feel working. like I will never in my life ever stick my finger <laughs> through a single sheet of toilet paper ever again. At that point, I you just cut your sock off and use your sock. You just cut your sock apart. It's funny because the moment you said put your finger uh, through it, I knew exactly where it was going, and I still went and physically did it, even though there's no video <laughs> on me. Oh, what's that thing I heard about if you're, like, backpacking? or Where is it? Where you use your sock is, like, if you have to go and there's not a toilet? What is that? Um, Common sense? It's from something. I don't know. But If you want to poop in your like, sock, you can it, poop in your sock, man. Yeah, I don't know. I remember hearing something about pooping in your sock. I don't know where it's from, though. I guess that would make but sense if you're like. It's a thing. Not, really, I mean, on a hike, like though. So stops, in, the in the woods. The, oh, because I'm wearing those at all times. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wear the tube socks. You, gotta, oh. I mean, you don't want a small little one. What's the strangest thing you've ever had to do with your socks? Wear them. <laughs> That's a weird question. Uh, well, the coolest Have thing you ever I done can... anything with them other than. That's more like the question I was trying to get at. So oh, the 90s slash 2000s Boy Scout socks that were completely wool, you could take those, and especially the older ones, which I had lots of because I worked at a camp for a bunch of years, uh, you could take a lighter, like touch them to them because they weren't fire, they're not fireproof, but they were fire retardant. And what happened is all the little fuzzies on the outside of the sock would flare up and it would travel around the entire sock wherever there was fuzzies. So you like light it really quick in one spot and it would just go whoosh. And like cover the entire sock really rapidly in a little thing of fire. And it was cool looking. That's pretty cool. I remember doing that. The only reason I was, why I ask is because I was down at uh, one of those, one of the schools I was at is kind of a survival school. And I remember, I don't know if I've talked about this in a previous podcast or not, but I've had to wrap my, I've had to take off my long socks and wrap them around my thighs. I basically cut them along the length, open them up, and then I wrapped them around my thighs because we were walking so much in the woods that I was having a super bad chafing problem. So what I did mm. was I wrapped my, I tied my socks around my thighs. So it like pulls your pants up wrapped. into the, you know, your. No, it's, it was so like when my, my, when I walked, my thighs were rubbing together, causing the chafing. So uh, what I did was I tied the socks around my thighs. Oh, like then, uh, underneath your pants? Yep, underneath my pants. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that way, like, when my legs were rubbing together, it was just rubbing, so it wasn't my thighs. That's a good idea. If you're ever yeah. in an emergency situation, cut a pair of socks in half. I never thought about it like that. You could also, if your arms are getting cold, you could cut the ends off and pull, pull them over your arms as, like, little arm warmers. 
You could do that. <laughs> you could also, do what that. you could do is you take your sock and you fill it with charcoal. Like, say you have a fire. Instead of, like, burning the wood all the way down, you just basically make some charcoal out of it. You pull it out of the fire before it's burned. And you fill the sock with charcoal. And then you could take unfiltered water and dump it into the sock. And then all the water that comes out of the bottom of the sock should be filtered. Whoa. Nice. Yeah, charcoals, charcoals. No, charcoal. Charcoal's really good at filtering water. Oh, okay. Oh, because it's going through the sock. Yeah. It's oh, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see you do the same going. thing with like a plastic water bottle. You just cut the bottom off. Yeah, you can fill the whole thing. Like you can do like a layer of leaves or something to get anything big out. And then you can do a layer. Like there's, you can make your own filters really cool like that. You could also fill the sock with rock, tie the end and use it as a weapon. I have no clue, actually, but maybe <laughs> hunt animals with it. I mean, I don't want to get hit by a sock with rocks in it. True. Slot <laughs> the sock with rock. That could be a thing. I could sell that. When we were kids, and, w- w- my parents used to have a permanent site at a campground before we went before they purchased their land up in northern Wisconsin, and they we used to have this like sock thing. It was like a ball with a really long streamer attached to it, essentially. And I don't know why that thing was so fun, but you just like chuck it and it has like you're just throwing a ball back and forth, but it had a streamer behind it and it like looked. Super cool. And that's what I would imagine like a, a rock and a sock looking like just the rock flying through the air and the sock just kind of like wiggling, trailing behind it. That's actually a, a, a game. I remember playing this game. It's like a canoeing or kayaking game with socks. Right? I think you take socks and you like the long socks. I think you put little socks inside of it or something like that. And you tie these socks together and then it floats. And then you take your pad, like your... Um, your paddle and you try and flip it into somebody else's boat, like the floating sock. Dude, I forgot exactly. A, there's a ton of fun scout games that I think are underutilized elsewhere in the world or anywhere else. Uh, like Shoe Wars. Shoe Wars is so much fun. So yeah, everybody, fun you just get everybody in like a gymnasium or a certain area that doesn't really have anything around it to bump into and smack into. And then you go on, you crab walk. So like belly up, arms and legs touching the ground. And the whole goal is to like crab walk around, grab other people's legs and try to pull their shoes off. Once you get both shoes off, that person's out. Mm. It was such, Dylan, there's no way you didn't play this at camp. We played it all the time. If there was like ever a rainy day, it was a, a favorite of scouts. I have played it a few times. I do remember playing it. Because we also we always played it in the space station with Seth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seth, Seth Shoe Wars is super one. fun. That's a good one. They also have like Boboski Watson Dotson. I was always a fan of that one. I don't know. People like it or people. Some people aren't as big a fan of it as it's. You could do the math. I don't and know if I remember exactly. that one. I was um, always a really big fan of um, playing that. Like you have two teams, and you know the foosball. But instead, you like have everyone sitting on the ground in lines. You have balloon foosball, basically, where you're hitting balloons above each other's heads back and forth, trying to get it through the goals. Never played that. Balloon- that sounds oh, fun, though. It is. Um, you have to have good balloons, otherwise they pop all the time. Kyle, um, do you think anyone at camp group. these days go out on the, um, the sailboat? I highly doubt it. If I, to be honest. So yeah, the camp we had had a small sailboat that hasn't been registered in years and it was in rough shape. And I ended up throughout my nine years of being there 
fixed it up and got it to the point where it was functional. Like I literally would like sit there and I, I found a piece of wood that would work as a rudder. And I started sanding this thing by literally like taking it to the concrete. It's like the cement outside of our bunk areas and like scraping it on the cement to like sand this thing down. I put like a lot of work in the sailboat, got it working and yeah, it just never really got that. used. Yeah. And then like the, uh, whatever the, uh, sailboard, the windsurfer, I got, I did the same thing with that one, put a lot of work into getting that one to work. And then Brent broke the board in half. An accident. Uh-huh. An and Brent, to be fair. Brent, for the longest time, was like, I don't like people using it. I don't like it. And then conveniently, he's the one that breaks it. It's still an accident. I was, I had gotten over it. I had gotten over it, but I bumped it. And the way that the, the stand was, was it's like basically full length. And I like accidentally bumped it while I was grabbing something else. And it just like fell and shattered. It just broke or something. I honestly would not have done that on purpose, even though me talking crap about it for an entire summer made it seem to be fair. I think you're talking, it was like right at the end of summer too. Like Brent went all summer talking crap about this wind surfboard. I think it was a legitimate problem where people would take it even when they're not doing the windsurf, they would just take the board itself out and like paddle around on it and like mess around with that instead of doing stuff with the kids during boating time. That, so like, that frustrated me. I, I guess I didn't have any problem with the the windboard itself, more of the people that were misusing it. But and Brent was one of those. I've seen use it is Chelsea. What? The surfboard was I think the only the person I saw there. use it was Chelsea, but she used it to get out to, uh, when she used it to get out to kayaks that were like having issues. Oh, no, people, like, people would do that boating there. all the time. They, it would be assistants that would do it on boating, and then instead of actually doing anything with the kids, they would just kind of like mess around, pretending to surf, or it was just ridiculous. I, it was oh, it, God that summer. It was a consistent problem because it's you know it's like there's we, kids on the dock. Because I figured it out. I got the thing working, and the people just started using it. Anyhow, yeah. And they never windsurfed with it. I think I'm Kyle a little salty about it. Actually, and Brent that must broke. have been before. I don't know. And it was an accident. I think it, I, I think it was I before you, Dylan. It was before. I do promise that okay. it was next. I I will. Because <laughs> all I remember was the. You're right. I don't really remember. I just because I remember doing inventory on the boathouse, paddle being in there. I knew that the, the um, the sailboat took up a lot of space in there. I don't remember a paddle board in there. Yeah, it was yeah, before. It initially time. broke in half, and then people kept on using it, even though it was broken in half, because the one half was big enough to kind of use and then i got broken again and then again you got smaller and smaller pieces essentially so yeah my guess is it probably was kind of just super old and deteriorating but i did put a lot of work into it and i did like even like started embroidering roke into the sale which was like an acronym for the camp we were at but it's just like damn what was your least favorite part of camp honestly it was when i was a lifeguard and it was because i was doing the same exact thing every single day like mm. I got too much undiagnosed ADD to be able to sit there and pay attention. And because like lifeguarding, you have to be paying attention at all times. Like, otherwise you're just not mm-hmm. doing your job. People and, don't get that. Oh, like lifeguarding. It sounds awesome, but it is actually grueling to like sit there in the sun, not able to do anything like needing that amount of focus for that long sucks. 
I lifeguarded yeah. for a part of a summer one time, and it was just I hated doing it because it's constantly counting and waiting for something bad to happen. I I always liked it when I, I liked it. I, I the beginners area is what sucked. Like in scouting, there's three areas: the non-swimmers, fairly self-explanatory. Beginners, where literally they can doggy paddle, essentially like ten feet and back, and then swimmers, which they have to pretty much swim like two lengths of an Olympic pool. I think is a, the, the equivalent to 400 yards, I think is what it is. But so they, they can, everybody in the swimmers area can legitimately swim. And so the swimmers area had a raft and the non-swimmers area were all the, like younger kids. So like those two areas are fun because the raft, you like have adults, if you were okay with it, technically not okay. But if you as a lifeguard were okay with it, could like throw kids off the thing, especially if the adults seemed um, trustworthy, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You'd have them throwing kids off not the raft. Or, like dad. Yeah, right. Or having like a diving competition or seeing who can go down and get the most seaweed. Like that was always fun. Cannonballs or like jumping over a pool noodle and whatever. Belly flop competition. Classic. I don't know. I had a lot of fun in the non swimmers area. And that's what I was saying. The non swimmers area. Dylan, go for it. So, I mean, one, because if there's like kids that were going down there, like it was a relatively safe area for the lifeguard to go down like and sit in the non and um and it was just like so you can go down there and you can build castle like sand castles or you like in like the the beach was fun too but the non swimmers area you could sit down there and you can try to catch fish um I, I don't know it was just kind of a fun i i don't remember what we used to do i just remember like i had a blast the non swimmers area because it was just like Dude, the water fights. Wanted... The water fights where it's at. Oh, like, you yeah, literally... with the Because like the whole thing was only like knee deep for an adult, so like waist deep maximum for a really really young kid. And like yeah, you just like all get the buckets or like the shovels. Like a lot of times I would grab something that was like not that good or like either that or a giant bucket and just like dump an entire like five gallon bucket of water on some kid's <laughs> head. But yeah, we just yeah. like splash the crap out of each other and be like pause. Everybody good? Everybody good? Oh, you good? Keep going. And then like you know. Just keep it, it was fun it's... until some kid would like throw muddy water. Oh. Yeah, like some kid some would throw kid sandy would get, muddy like, water in, in their face. And they had to like go all the way under to get it all off. Oh. That's when you stop. Beginners is such a grind. Beginners is just such a grind that it just that was what killed me. Was when it was the people that like kinda could swim but not really. Yeah, because the beginners area you're not worried about. It. They're not going to be swimming. They're yeah. going to be in the water. But the beginner's area has starts at the knee deep or whatever that the announcers was, but then goes above the head of all, all kids. And it's like tippy toe for an adult. So, and then there's like the basketball hoop on the deeper end of the beginner's area. So like all the kids want to play basketball, but it's too deep for them to actually stand and like take a break and legitimately play. So it's just, it didn't really ever. And that was also the deeper side. So that's where all the kids wanted to jump in. It just, it wasn't oh, the best yeah. situation. Yeah. No, I, I, I had a, a high schooler that was coaching this this past year and, and i asked her what are you doing this summer she said i'm, I'm gonna be lifeguarding at, at a local pool like oh man lifeguarding like it's such a grueling job like you have to be constantly like always paying attention and she said no nah, our, our pool is really chill we've had like one accident in 10 years and i just a little bit of me died inside i'm like you're not <laughs> lifeguarding right like or you or they don't have anybody coming as much as yeah, uh, or something. Camp. But like, if you're not constantly scanning and counting and just, I don't know. That I, I think I cared too much. That's to complacency. Enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to be complacent. 
And I think that's why I didn't like lifeguarding was you're just constantly stressed and you either a lot of the time you're standing or like barely pacing and you have to be ready at any moment. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, you're right. Go ahead. So lifeguarding as a whole, I didn't think was that bad. Um, I think it was kind of fun to be like doing all the extra stuff when I was in charge, when I was a aquatics director, it was really fun. Um, so I really wasn't lifeguarding that much. I was more like doing like working the board and like doing all the extra like fun stuff. Like that was what I enjoyed doing. Um, but I think the worst part of that was like setting up the beach, like staff week. I think that was like the thing I hated the most yeah, about shoveling and raking out all that camp. sand and like getting all oh. the rock. So one the year docks. at camp, they decided to drop a pile of sand. Like every single year they bring in more sand because it all just kind of slowly flows into the lake. And so like one year they brought a pile of sand that had a ton of rocks and like crappy sand in it. And we're still to this day trying to get rid of it. It's it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like to this day, we're trying to take these giant rocks out of the sand, out of the beach. My my least favorite thing that that I did at camp would be. It wasn't a problem until I was in the theme area director, but the inventory was just brutal. Oh, like there's yeah. there's stuff down in those basements of the so, buildings that were just inventory is brutal when you care. When you don't care, you say chest of miscellaneous spaceship stuff. <laughs> like, like that, <laughs> when, when you that don't care true. as much. First year inventory. It's so much like, easier. The first year inventory, because first year as a director, I was definitely didn't realize. I mean, I was above and beyond every oh, chair. Oh, I did too. Was yeah. counted. Every I counted every single was chair. Counted. Every bunk piece was counted, basically. It was insane. I remember uh, when, yeah, when I was. I would count no one this many bunks, five, five with guardrails, four without guardrails. Like, <laughs> well, once you get to the all those model train parts, it's just like no, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. even know what half these things are. Like, why about an inventory room? I think someone one time did like one train room or something <laughs> yeah. like that. I don't know how one, that flew. One train set complete. One model train set complete. <laughs> one one building shaped as a train station with all its amenities. Check. Yeah. Actually, the the windows too. Cleaning the windows just because they only get cleaned once a year, and that's the staff week training of the first week of summer. Fire barrels too. Oh yeah, and it just they collect just grime and dust and bugs and grossness, and they have to take the screens off, you have to clean the screens, they have to clean the windows, and then and you can tell if the assistant from the previous year had cleaned it before they put it away. Most of the time, it's a no. No, I never had to do fire barrels. No, you were waterfront from the start. You didn't have to have that yeah, kind of fun. Uh, oh my gosh. Did you leave any little water in there? Then again, you learn that the best way to help clean is to sweep. If you're ever in a big group of people and they say, let's all clean up, and sweep. you're really just not feeling it, sweep slash mop. Ideally, sweep. Because if you Sweeping can sweep, preferred. you're just walking around holding a, a stick. You're really, you're, you're one level above the, uh, you know, quote unquote, the standard uh, construction man leaning on a shovel. You're just one step above that because you're moving and technically doing something, but really you're just walking back and forth. There is no effort in sweeping. I learned that my first year when I was was 15, 
I would literally, I think I was sweeping every corner of the building. Like every little, I mean, it was probably the best swept it's ever, the building's <laughs> ever been. But I just figured I was like, I could be doing windows. I could be somewhere in that kitchen or the bathroom where there's things that I don't want to know what it is that are just like lying there. Or I could be sweeping where there's a nice broom in between me and whatever is disgusting. Like I was, was up on like the catwalks. I was, I think I swept the roof for a little bit at one point. <laughs> Mine as like, well. <laughs> I was all over the sweeping. One, one of the buildings favorite. at the place looked like a, uh, a, like a, like a sailing ship. And so on top of that ship, uh, I literally, my first year swap quote unquote swabbed the deck. And I was, just, <laughs> I was, I was kind of happy about that. Like sweeping the deck cool. or swabbing the deck of a ship. And then you realize, like, it's a roof. There's going to be leaves and stuff. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter at all. The next day, everything you did is already dirtied up because you're outside. You're basically sweeping outside. So you got to get the piled up outside. leaves in the corners, though. Like, the corners do, where, like, the leaves, leaves cluster. Anyhow. I did that as talk. well. Yep. Um, other than that, I liked a lot of it. There's, there wasn't much about camp I didn't like. Honestly, I mean the food was pretty bad for some years. Did I ever tell the story about the mouse Kyle? This is my first so. year at camp, so maybe we'll close with this. So, I've I've maybe we we need a camp story episode, but uh, this is when my first year at camp, I was Kyle, and there was already an older person that worked at that camp named Kyle as well. And because I was the second Kyle, I needed a, nick- a nickname. That's another story, but anyhow, when the Kyle that was working there already, he was in charge of the trading poster, like the place you could go and buy candy and little souvenirs and whatnot. And so like at one point he had a mouse that was like running around his, his little like trading post store. And so eventually he was able to kick it, stun the thing and get it inside of a gallon bucket by Kyle kicking this mouse. Number one, he named it Kyle. So it was Kyle the mouse. And for a good, I don't know, two weeks, we, he tried to keep this mouse hidden from the, you know, older staff. That way they wouldn't rat him out and try to get this thing to live. However, like definitely had a broken leg or something or had some sort of issues because it would literally only run in circles and it like was pooping everywhere and it needed to be put out of its misery. So when it was decided it would need to be put out of its misery, Kyle's like, here's my mouse. I'll do it. So we grab a little, we grab an axe. <laughs> A little overkill for a mouse. We grab an axe and we bring the thing outside. I forgot, like, we're, we're like holding it by his tail. And Kyle's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he like hands the axe to me. And I was like, okay. So like, I go for it. And I just completely missed the mouse. Because I was so concerned because Curtis, when the other guys was like holding the mouse's tail. And I did not want to like hit him. So I was so concerned about that and like estimating away from his hand. I, I completely missed it. I was like, crap. So I like went again. I completely missed it again. And then Curtis grabbed it and finally like smashed him. And that was the end of Mouse Kyle from the camp. That's that like the story. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it was that, in pain it needed to be put out of its misery there are things that you don't realize I mean when you're with campers and when you're in front of everybody the staff is one thing it's it's a, a beautiful well-oiled machine of customer service and friendly smiles and song and dance and games and then you get behind scenes <laughs> and camp 
staff are a whole it's a it's a whole nother world it's it's really crazy i i honestly think it might have been crazier at least than my personal like dorm experience oh it's one of those things where like if you tell an outsider and you don't tell it's a camp staff you're like hey there's a professional staff that every single week they scream at each other they make kids scream at each other they run around through the woods you know, like, I'm sure there's, like, yeah. they have Olympics at the waterfront where they literally wrestle to get to the center of a circle on sand as a group. <laughs> that as adults, they decide to do this. The adults are the ones basically leading this shenanigans. It's just, like, it just sounds completely ridiculous. And, there, yeah, there's so many fun behind-the-scene things of working at a camp. I'd never, I wouldn't give up that experience for anything. It, that no. was, yeah, that was, either. that was solid. Oh yeah, it's a it's a good way to grow up. It's a, it was a place where I think I I got my self confidence of knowing that, and, and and even flexibility of. I I interviewed recently for of course like a camp director position, but they they asked like so, how do you feel about like if this situation happened? And I I even started off I was like you know I've been working at a camp, summer camp or in a summer camp for ten plus years. Like I've seen it all. Like I, I can't be rattled. I, you just are prepared, you know, and, and uh, to be flexible. And I don't think you can get that in a lot of other places where it just teaches you to think on the fly. It teaches you to just go with whatever could happen because literally anything could. And it's awesome. It's it's definitely been a big part of my life up to this point. So. I think it's a good place to go if you need to get outside your comfort zone. Like, if you are uncomfortable in front of crowds of people, camp staff is the way to go. Because oh, you for sure. have no choice. <laughs> You're peer pressured and everybody, literally, literally everybody else is being silly, ridiculous in front of people. So you kind of like, you have to. And it like is if scary. If you're uncomfortable in front of crowds and you have to give prayer at a meal time, like that's... That's a lot of people staring Or worse, at you when you literally people. When you literally cannot sing and you now need to sing a song in front of 300 people to teach them this song and you literally have no vocal skills at all. You yeah, just scream, like, you just uh, scream really loud. That's all you're I talking do. Talking like the the fires. Fires or even after after uh meals we'd sing a song before we dismiss everybody. Yeah. One year, one year in high school, and some adult who's twice or more older than you turns to you and says, "What's next?" You know, it's just like you're asking yeah. me. What's kind of mind blowing? You're the like, adult. Like that's so weird to me. You know, like, that was weird. It's like I forgot exactly. There was some situation that came up recently. I forgot exactly what it was, but I brought up the point where I was like, "Hey, when I was 17, I was literally in charge of 30 plus or even 60." kids at some point with at least 30 adults and trying to as 17 literally trying to break up adults from fist fighting over which bunk they get like there's not too much that can surprise me in like that i don't feel i can deal with somehow like at 17 i was dealing with adults fighting over what bunk they're getting literally fist fighting over it hmm. yeah that's crazy wasn't the only thing they fist fighting about i didn't like each other <laughs> or yeah. something no, when when, when a when a younger seventeen year old comes in dropping the f bomb saying what the f you think you were doing, 
it does actually work pretty well at silencing 40 year olds <laughs> when they have a 17 year old yeah. dropping the f-bomb oh at them God. at camp where they don't what? see it coming at all <laughs> that's a good way of handling it what the f do you guys think you're doing and this kind of like looks stupid and then i was just like <laughs> get over it i forgot i said i was like grow up or, you know something like that and then oh, like, they were oh, super just, cool adults yeah oh yeah the rest of the the rest of the year it's the rest of the, the week it's all some mom so afterward old. was like some mom afterwards was like dude that was awesome yeah dude that's crazy that's awesome yeah it, actually the thing i i appreciate now even was it seems so stressful and that's why I got looking back. Like, it seemed a lot really stressful. Like, oh, we have to get everything cleaned before people come. We have to inventory everything. And, like, to a high schooler, that's a huge deal. Like, that was a lot. And I look back now, and I, I'm working. I just started a summer camp job. And the stuff I have to do now is like, oh, man, I wish that my biggest problem was can I go sweep or get all the windows cleaned of this building? <laughs> like I, I wish that was the big like the amount of stuff that goes behind the scenes at least yeah, to get stuff even started as like, enrolled really surprises you even as a cit as a 14 year old you're asked to like lead kids in a game you're leading a group of 30 to 50 kids and making them all do your bidding or you know play a game together and work together as a 15 year old even 14 year old it's just it's crazy yeah Anyhow, with that that's cool that was episode 52 of if i may hope everybody enjoyed uh, I got a new episode coming every Thursday where we're not at a wedding or something crazy like that. <laughs> Otherwise, we will catch you next week.